This episode is powered by Poddex. What up, fanboys and fangirls and non-binaries? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop, the podcast, all things pop culture. I'm your host, the franchise Court, joining me shortly with Biko. But first things I want to get out of the way first, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Anchor, for sponsoring the podcast, and also our sponsor, Poddex, as well. Um, make sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Pop. That way you guys get notified when the next episode is streaming again. Make sure to like the page. If you have any questions or topics that you want me and Biko to discuss, feel free to message on there. You can follow us on Twitter at PopTalkin. Also, you can check out our merch store at spring.com slash stores. Look for Talking Pop. We got shirts right now with the new logo. And, of course, the Biko Shirt and Franchise shirts are on there as well. We also got coffee mugs. I know we're getting into fall soon if you want to warm up with a hot beverage. And if it's still kind of warm out wherever you are, we also have tank tops as well. And also have decals you can put on your laptops. Or even have a little logo on a phone case as well. Check it out as well. All right. Hope you guys have a good, you know, first week of September. Of course, people are pretty much into sports right now, of course, with American football starting up again this weekend at the time of this recording. Of course, um, you know, it started on Thursday. Apparently, the Buccaneers made their victory. As to me, I was more watching traditional football or soccer that's known. And I'm checking out, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo's return to Manchester United yesterday morning. And believe me, it was great. Um, he did not lose his form. He ended up scoring two goals. And, of course, his other teammates contributed as well. Justin Lingard and Bruno Fernandes also contributed with goals. And ended up winning with a 4-1 win over Newcastle United. So it looks like, you know, Manchester United is off to a good start right now. They're, like, one of the top of the tables right now. So they got Manchester United running for their money right now. Um, and also, too... Um, I pretty much have started finally, you know, Twitch streaming right now, and I just started just last night. I just started the fairy tale video game that's currently on PS4, and so far I did like almost like two hours of it, and I'm still doing like all of like the side requests and stuff. It's kind of cool. Well, it kind of sucks that you know it starts at I will say one of the best arcs was the prelude to the Grand Magic Grand Magic games, but it would have been nice to start from the beginning, but. It's not bad. I mean, the character models are great. You know, it took really detail up here of Mishima's um, artwork. And pretty much, you know, made in 3D. It was cool to see the characters. And plus, too, you can get, like, DLC costumes and stuff. Um, you can get the costumes. Right now, I got the characters wearing, like, the final season looks. But I might go back, and because they also gave you, like, the outfits for the Grand Magic games, I might switch them out on the next stream. So if you're interested in streaming, you can see me stream, like, JRPGs or role-playing games for a Games, you can follow me on my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash franchise685. I am the casual gamer. I'm checking out on there. I mean, I did Persona 5 Royale, but unfortunately, due to like streaming, you know, restrictions, Atlas couldn't let me stream anything past 24th of December, Persona Royale, so I had to cut that stream short. I did like a little five minute stream explaining what's going on, and it kind of sucked. Uh, unfortunately, I do streaming through my PS4. I do not have a PC that has like a built-in capture card, which I can do it through there. I'm also using the PS4, you know, streaming because that kind of makes it easier for me. It's kind of easier to get to you guys in Twitch streaming. Um, but speaking of a few things that 
pretty much what I'm doing right now is like reading wise, I've been reading like more and more manga, so I'm like caught up to like My Hero Academia as well. Um, right now, I just read the latest chapter, and of course, um, if you guys have been keeping up with the manga right now, I horror Hori Korhoshi is the publisher said they're giving him a one week break to, due to his health. Um, so they're gonna be no chapter this coming week, and you know I understand you know manga do get deadlines and they have to you know put in the effort to get like the chapter out for you guys, especially when it's like a weekly release versus you know some you know manga doing like because Shonen Jump comes like in weekly, they do like monthly as well. I think the creator of One Punch Man does a monthly, so they get like a whole month to get a chapter done. Versus, you know, you know, these creators have to get a whole chapter done within a week. And they have to do deadlines. They got to do, you know, you know, they got to meet with their editor and see if they have to make any changes. Or they have to touch up a few panels or fix up the dialogue. So there's kind of pressure on them by to understand. Yeah, they have to take a break. So they're giving them a one-week break. And, of course, um, I started reading Berserk as well. Because I know, if you remember, Kentaro Miura passed away earlier this year due to a heart illness. And of course, um, the publisher didn't announce that pretty much um, they did release the final chapter that Kintaro Miura actually finished before he passed away. And unfortunately, that supposedly might be the ending of Berserk as well. Looks like the way the publisher is saying that, the assistants are saying they're not going to keep getting, keep moving the story forward, you know, since the creator passed away. So who knows? So right now, they're saying that's the final chapter the creator made. And, um, right now that's up in the air as well but unfortunately we'll see what goes on with that as well um and pretty much i've been like you know catching up on anime of course a lot of new animes are you know trying to catch up with the fall and then of course now with this year becoming so much more anime releases are coming out this year versus like last year because of the pandemic and I know I just caught up with some animes. Um, they're basically were ending their second seasons or ending for the fall, for the summer season as we're entering to the fall. And of course, um, once they got announced for like third seasons. Um, right now, I'm like, um, I do recommend if you guys want to check it out, welcome to Demon School in Rimoku. Um, they just finished the second season and they just announced a third season. So definitely something you guys want to check out for yourselves. As well, that's currently on Crunchyroll. Um, and of course, there's the there's the new um, Adult Swim Crunchyroll collaboration called Fena Pirate Princess. That's currently out right now on Crunchyroll and Adult Swim. That's a little collaboration they're doing. I guess they're going to finish that series before, you know, Crunchyroll and Funimation decide to merge. Because, of course, if you remember a few weeks back, Crunchyroll and Funimation... They just completed the purchase. Like Sony completed a purchase of Crunchyroll from Warner Media. It went through. They passed through the, the U.S. Department of Justice Antitrust Court, so they had no issues with it. And slowly but surely, they're going to start integrating the offices together. That means we'll probably see more Crunchyroll content into Funimation. Hopefully, to me, the one thing that Funimation should do. Get the people to do the subtitles for Crunchyroll because it's really cool. They try to match the font of like the titles and add the little translations there, which makes it kind of cool. And the way to add the subtitles kind of makes it more interesting. And hopefully they'll add those on there. You'll probably see more of the Crunchyroll ranges going there. For fortune right now, for people that are subscribed to both services like I am, um, right now they're both acting as independent services right now until they get all the logistics and all that stuff figured out. 
I know I'm starting off with a lot of anime, but like I said, I've been like, you know, catch up on a lot of shit. <laughs> because like with the fall season coming out with anime, there's new anime coming out and there's some anime that still keep going. Like Digimon Adventure, the new one, the remake basically, that's still going on. I still need to get back on that. Um, that's been going great. Um, of course, you know, stuff going to live action port and one thing. Well, Biko's joining me right now. Right now he's eating a bagel right now. <laughs> Enjoying his breakfast. <laughs> welcome to the pot. Welcome to the show, Biko. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's talking about a bagel in his mouth. But um, yeah, and of course, uh, relating to like live action stuff that's come like to Netflix and stuff. I'm I've been trying to jump onto the anime on Netflix. You know, I did um, did watch the first part of Eden Zero. And one thing I've just had to say about anime on Netflix, especially the new ones, it sucks that they don't follow what everybody else is doing, like, doing a weekly release. Because Netflix Japan, when it comes to new anime, they release the episodes weekly. Versus here, they pretty much wait till they get, like, the first, like, 12 or 13 episodes. Then they bring them over here. Then they dub it. And they bring them over here, which to me is kind of makes you kind of wait because then you're not caught up with Japan. That whole kind of defeats the purpose of simulcasting, which pretty much, like, other, you know, services do, like High Dive, Control Funimation... They do simulcasting, which you can get at the same time, you know, as Japan. So that way you're all caught up with your Japanese counterparts. But unfortunately, that's how it is. I think Shaman King 2, they released the first part of Shaman King as well, which I need to watch that. I started reading Doro Hedero, which is really cool. Um, it's on Netflix. I started watching the anime. I'm pretty much caught up in the manga. Even the manga's been completed, but I'm like in like chapter 60 of Doro Hedero, which is interesting because it's kind of like, one. it's like a... I would say fantasy, but like a dark fantasy. And it makes like the sorcerers like the bad guys, basically. And it's really good, like the art style. And at first I saw it, it's like, oh, it's, they made a CG animated adaption of it. And Studio Mappa did it, did it. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Studio Mappa, they did Attack on Titan, um, Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, they do a lot of work. And they're getting a lot of like work for an animation studio. So I need to catch up on that. But speaking of... Um, you know, Cowboy Bebop, the live action is coming out soon. Um, it's coming out November 19th on Netflix, and um, I'm looking forward to it. They, they got the original composer doing the theme song of Tank. It's called the theme song, it's called Tank. And the composer did the music for the anime, was also going to be composing the music for the live action series. And so far, the first stills look really good. I mean, you got John Cho as Spice Seagull. Um, you got Daniela Pineda as, uh, Faye Valentine. I forgot who the actor is playing, um, Jet. Um, but she, the actress is playing Faye Valentine. Daniela Pineda actually went online and, because a lot of people are saying, oh, how come she's like, I mean, they tried their best to try to match the looks, but it's kind of hard to translate anime or manga into live action because people forget, I think the one thing is like by proportions, Plays in the key play in it. And it's kind of hard. Because you can think. These are like works that you know. These these artists when they create like characters. It's all about body proportions. They do these exaggerated body proportions. To try to make like their own take on the human form. This is not following like, traditional normal. Like what a human body looks like. So fans are already complaining about a movie that hasn't come out yet. Let's show. But she went online. I mean, I like her costume. Like, she does wear the, the top and she wears the red jacket. But I understand that she says right here, she went on Instagram, she talked about it. And, you know, they released the first images of the show, like, the first, like, stock footage. Mm-hmm. 
there's no trailer out yet. Um, but she went to Instagram and pretty much, you know, went at like the critics, basically. Basically, the I call the purists. It's the same thing with the Marvel movies. Like, it's always like the purists that find something wrong. Because to me, it's like, even like Japanese, when they do anime, like live action versions of like manga and stuff, they get criticized in Japan as well. So they face the same criticism. Like for me, like, like with going back with like Bleach, it looked okay, but I just felt like the guy who played Ichigo in the live action version of release was great, but everybody else, I don't know, it felt weird. Same thing with Full Metal Alchemist. I mean, the costumes could have been better. I mean, the costumes could have been better in like the plot and everything. They just, it just felt, it's like, Either people were just cosplaying, basically. Mm-hmm. If they were, and I didn't have not seen the live action Attack of Time, which I heard was terrible. It was horrible, and it's like even they get flack for it as well. Uh, but for this, she went onto her Instagram and pretty much she's just as what she said, and I quote, and she quotes, "I just want to address a couple of things that sort of keep coming up in the comments among fans." And she said every reason that she isn't a perfect match for Fate Valentine's body types because the anime character's proportions don't exist in reality. Which you imagine if you seen like like One Piece or you've seen like certain anime, you know, the characters are great are drawn in exaggerated proportions. You're not you're not gonna find like someone that's gonna have a figure like Nami for One Piece, which has like a short waist. Like a super short waist. It's like the Barbie doll, pretty much. And she says, like, it says, she says, first, I want to apologize for fans. I do not anatomically match the Faye Valentine character. Um, she, Pineda said that she summarized Faye's anatomy as a six foot double D sized breast, two inch waist, and sarcastically remarked, you know, they look everywhere for that woman. They couldn't find her. It's kind of weird. So they just wanted my short ass. I know. Am I right? But she looks good. I like she got got the hair color and everything. And then she says too, like this is from Marco found a comic book um, resources. Um, she also says in the court in her Instagram story, um, there was a talk about like put Danielle in a time machine, maybe give her different parents so she have different genetic information to sort of make her look better. It proved to be too complicated. So I don't know if she's doing this in a sarcastic tone. And then they asked about the costume, and this is what she said. The other thing I wanted to bring up was I wanted to apologize that the outfit I'm wearing is not exactly what she wears in anime. Pineda says, referring to complaints about her costume doesn't look like Faye's usual get up in the anime, which is implausibly short and thin and sometimes appears to be defying laws of gravity. You know we tried. By doing stunts and tissue paper, things disappear. They ripped. That original costume made a couple of them. Like what I said, they got sort of slurped up in my various crevices. Never to retrieve again. So we really built something that could withstand the test of time. So it's like looks like most of the actors are doing most of their stunts. So it's kind of like that's why with John Cho, he got hurt doing one of the stunts, and that's why they had to stop production for a while. He's kind of old too, right? Yeah, he's like he's like yeah, up there. I didn't realize he was like middle aged now, right? Yeah, I'm surprised. He looks good though, and I saw his costume for John Cho. Like, and same thing, they complain, oh, why how come his hair's not? You know, they dyed his hair. His hair's like kind of messed up. He's got that messed up hair look. But it's like that's why I say it's kind of hard. I mean, as long as it follows, like, the story. Like, remember, this is, like, an original work. So, it's, like, it's an anime, but it's, like, an original work. It's kind of hard to translate one medium to another. Yeah, but you have a lot of fans who are excited. Just as excited. I'm just excited, yeah. They're not as open-minded to... They want it to be adapted just as perfectly from an ink and pen perspective as it is in reality. And sometimes, like, what we... 
people who still live in reality, they all we they can suspend disbelief. That's an important part of movies that we can suspend disbelief for a good story. But like you have those people that are part of the fandom that are like toxic. So like they want it to be perfect, even like they're already complaining about an, a a person who's playing a role just because they can't fit the structure of the character anatomically. What? Well, that's bullshit because it's not real. So like they're doing the best they can with these these people who are qualified to do the role. So like they're, you're not gonna win. Um, and the movie and the series hasn't come out yet, right? So like they're already dealing with shit that they that they can't control, which is unfortunate that there's fandoms that want to throw shit at stuff that like like you that you other people are excited for, right? Yeah. Especially with something that's been talked about in the making for so long and now that it's it's been adapted on something like Netflix or whatever to be given that platform like it's a it's a gotta be exciting right like you don't get a lot of opportunities like that to be put on a major platform like that so the last thing you want are like some people are complaining about something that hasn't come out yet no I mean like I said I, I always say like Cowboy Bebop for people that are not into anime it's always I always credit them that's the best, best way to get started mm-hmm. that's the best way to get into that I call it like the gateway anime Pretty much like them, Samurai Shampoos and our gateway anime for people that haven't watched anime. But I'm like, if you're a fan of the original, just watch the original first and then see. Because like I said, it's, it's like an interpretation. You know, see what they can do based on the technology we have. That's something they have to think about. With, the, with animation, you can do so much when it comes to like background, choreography, you know, coloring, colors, like. You can do so much with animation versus trying to translate it into, like, the physical sense. With You know, yeah, we got visual effects and stuff, but it's, like, to try to match the portions of animation, you can do so much more with animation versus doing live action. You know, they got, you got to account for, like, the persons that, you know, they're doing their best to do the stunts. And she said, she mentioned right there, they had to go through so many costume updates because, you know, for making practical use. Because if you look at, like, if you watch Cowboy Bebop, like, yeah, she, she looks good on that, but like I said, it... Same thing with like the Marvel movies. And you can tell, based on different artists, put their own different spin on the Marvel characters. You're not going to find, you know, somebody that looks similar to what the Marvel characters look like in real life. But they tried their best. They tried to get, like, actors who are willing to do, put them, push themselves to the limit and, you know, get out of, like, Chris Hemsworth. You know, I bet you had to gain so much weight for Thor and then he had to, like, you know... And then, you know, he had to bulk up. Same thing with Chris Evans. They all had to go to the gym. They all had to bulk up. And it shows how much effort that these actors put themselves to try to, you know, match the kind of match the physiques of these characters. Come on, even the Marvel fandom can be toxic as well. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it can be the worst. But that's like, like as, and these things pop up because of the success of the properties. But, like, I think the best example of that stuff is, uh, as far as like fandom that that are there that have been around like the test of time star wars right like yeah they've seen the highest of highs the lowest of lows and now it's just kind of like they made something that wasn't very popular for older fans and newer fans alike so now it's just kind of sitting there to where well at least we have the properties on the side to keep us entertained and then everything else right like but there's still people who fucking hated the newer ones, but they're they disregard the 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 new ideas that they brought to the table, right? With yeah. the newer characters. So like that shit always clouds the judgment of, of 
newer people coming into the yeah because the, the, the native with the intent of you know the new generation yeah and like they even tried and like as much as I hate fan service shit so it's like as much as uh, as much as uh, as much as I like want to see something like Star Wars be better obviously with there was shit in the newer ones that were that was just very bad and, and very fan servicey and I just don't like when a lot of these movies need to do that to like extend an arm and say oh this is okay guys you know it'll be okay like we got a new thing coming it'll be okay to the old fans like whatever dude just like if you're gonna like it or if you're just happy that there's a new thing in the universe that you've liked growing up or whatever I think you should just show somewhat appreciation just like music musicians make albums that you may not like it at a time but like a concept albums that may not be for you or you're in a whole different mindset or state at the time when it released we're like oh, I'm not feeling it like those things happen and I think when fandoms become toxic I think they like cloud themselves from that and they don't become open-minded it just becomes oh no it's not perfect bash it down and it's like what the hell so those could be like those people that go on Rotten Tomatoes and comment negatively like those are the same people that take the time to do shit like that they're like why if you don't like it just don't watch anymore but like why does it have to be you know what i mean yeah it's like it's like the same thing in the anime community when it comes to fandoms too because it's like with me i i try to stay away from like the fandom online especially like because you got the anime watchers versus the manga readers and the manga readers can be just as toxic as the to the anime watchers because if they haven't read the manga you know, they just, you know, seen the work just through the anime. And, you know, in the manga, say, oh, I'm so ahead. I should, you know, they'll say things like, don't get, don't get, don't get used to this character. That character's not going to make it. It's like, you're trying to spoil, like, them. You know, you try to spoil it for them. It's like, that's why I never, when it comes to, like, anime, like, yeah, I follow very little, little groups. Like, same thing, like, I, I'm part of, like, the My Hero Academia, Facebook, the official, like, fan group on Facebook. Which they do a really good job as, like, the administrators do a really good job as telling people that, hey, when these new episodes out, they say, hey, don't say anything for the next three days after it's released. Once, after it's released, to give everybody a chance to watch the episode, then you can comment and share your thoughts on it afterwards. But it's like, it doesn't stop the people on Twitter. They go online and, you know, and spoil certain things. Because it's like, if people don't have time to read the book, you know, they want to watch the anime first. It's like, and for me, I've been guilty of that too. Like, I'll watch the anime first, then I'll read the manga afterwards. It makes sense. Sometimes if, like, you watch, like, for me, if I see anime I do like, and I find out, oh, it's adapted for a certain thing, yeah, I'll go read it because sometimes some stuff that's in the manga doesn't get translated to the anime, so that way I can watch, read the stuff that, you know, didn't get adapted or they skipped over because they thought, you know, it wasn't necessary to the story. Um... That's how I've been doing. That's why I don't follow like communities on Twitter and stuff because they can be as toxic as they can. That's why with Attack on Titan, you know, I stopped watching the anime because I just kept, you know, straight with the manga. And of course, with Attack on Titan, and of course, now the manga ended, you know, even the career got flagged for it because the manga readers were like, oh, this is not the ending we wanted. And then, of course, he had to go back and do an epilogue. Like you said, he had to cater to fan service and do an epilogue to kind of wrap up everyone's stories. And of course, now with the anime coming back for part two of the final season, which is coming out next winter, you know, you got that too. And it's like, yeah, both the anime fans and the manga fans of Attack of Time, they're, both fandoms were toxic. Like, especially the manga fans were toxic to the anime fans. 
Because they were trying to spoil stuff or telling people, hey, don't get attached to this character. See, and that's stupid because, like, well, it's like Game of Thrones, right? Like, people Oh, my God. I haven't gone back. I haven't gone back to Game of Thrones, and it's like. But they learned not to get fucking involved with the characters because that's how they get chopped. And maybe that was. That worked well in this guy's favor when it came to his writing. But, like, when it came to anime, like, you have people who get so attached to these characters, and then what happens? And they get. They go on Twitter or something, and somebody says something. Yeah, it's stupid. I think it's just a lot of pent-up energy that could be used in a different way. Like, I like I like talking shit about stuff as much as the next person. Yeah. Um, even when it comes to, like, reality trash that we watch. But, like, I think it works a little better because those are still human situations, no matter how doctored up they are. Eh. It's, they're still more human than, like, an anime getting... Let's say, like, some character getting chopped up for, like, how many times Dragon Ball Z is always throwing different curveballs and people still following it like it's been this long, right? So, I think pissing off fandoms is part of what you need to do also because it remain, you remain more creative that way. And I'm sure the writers get bored if, if they always have to constantly write the one character constantly winning getting away with shit even if they're getting in conflict. Don't worry because it's gonna, you know, they're gonna always save the day. It has to get boring, too, for them. <laughs> See, that's why when Avengers, like, um, Infinity War, yeah, it kind of, like, opened up the idea, hey, they can lose. You know, these heroes don't have to win all the time. Like you said, they don't have to win all the time. The time. You got to give, like, same thing with these Marvel films. Like, they had to, like, you know, yeah, the fans were, like, oh, you know, they, they got to make it more comic book accurate. But you got to think of the fact. They had to try to get these characters to be in the real world setting. They had to make things, like, practical. They got to make things, you know... How would they react if they were in here if those characters really existed in the real world? And of course, with Infinity War, kind of like changed the perspective. It's like, hey, you know, the heroes don't have to win all the time. The villain will end up winning. And yet, I'm sympathizing with the villain. I know we don't want to go too much of a tangent on Infinity War because we talked about that like episodes past about it when we did a review on it. But you got to think, you know, yeah, you got to show like, hey, not every time the main protagonist is going to win, they have to have a conflict. And then you got you got to like put them, take them down a peg and you know, find a way for them to struggle and find a solution, you know, to that issue. It's like right now with My Hero Academia, you know, like, spoiler, guys, like, I know the anime's been going right now, the, the season's about to end in a couple weeks, um, but right now with the manga, was like, it's getting really good because, like, right now I'm caught up with the manga, um, and right now it's, because right now it's in the final arc because the creator's Possibly he's in the final workings of of the manga. And, of course, I would mention earlier, like, the creator had to take a week off, you know, for health-wise. You know, saying, you know, how these manga creators were, you know, they get pressure, too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's why the creator One Punch Man always does, like, a... He's on part of Shonen Monthly, which is, like, a monthly release. So he gets a whole month to create a chapter. Sometimes these chapters are 20 pages. Sometimes they're 25 pages. But, you know... And with the way with Deku is right now, My Hero Academia, like the manga, I spoke to the guys, you know, he he was struggling with the course of the power he has, and now he's got these other abilities of waking up inside him. But he feels that that pressure gets put upon him that to the point that, you know, people's reliance on heroes is starting wane, wane little since All Might retired. So it's like, they try these other pro heroes try to live up to that legacy, and, you know, they gain flack for it. And Deku taking the pressure of putting on himself, like, I have this power, someone's after me, but I want to take the burden by myself, 
but forgetting that, hey, I have my classmates, I have people around me that support me, but I'm too, like, stubborn to accept their help. Mm-hmm. And that's why the manga is taking, like, a dark turn right now. I know it's going to be a while until, like, the studio animates it. Um, but it's it's getting good. Like, that's why I do like for the fact that he, that, yeah, you got to make these characters struggle a bit. It kind of changes the pace. And, like, the creators of Death Note are, like, they're work, um, it's called Platinum N. It's, it's just, I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to probably read it. But it's, um, it just got announced that they're going to adapt Platinum N to an anime. And so then what, you know, and you think about Death Note itself. It's like Death Note, the manga itself is a really good manga. And then it got to the point where the end of the manga, and then like it was like a couple of years ago, the creators did like a one shot. If Death Note took place in the current world, it wasn't like Yagami, but it had the same concept. Because you've seen Ryuk, but it didn't say like the same concept. And sometimes the creators go back to their old works, but they always try to come come up with something new and you know something fresh. And same thing with manga; it's like they always try to come coming with something fresh for like the next generation. And there's like so many works that you know, finally they're getting anime adaptations. It's like same thing with like, a lot of like the the BL or the Yuri mangas are are getting more and more love now. And they got really good communities like the BL, which is boys love, which is pretty much male on male. Um, there's a really good community out there, and I keep hearing like good things about it. I haven't read any of the mangas, but there are some few animes out there that people talk about. They're really good when it comes to the BL community, and I heard the BL community is like the more welcoming fandoms. Really, they're really open. They're welcome. They're fans. Like I heard there's some trash taste, and they were talking about. The episode, yeah, the last week's episode, I was listening to Trash Taste, and they were talking about, you know, fandoms. You know, how, you know, different communities can be open-minded, and some communities can be toxic, you know. And they talk about the BL community are really uh, welcoming, and, you know, of course, South Park did a thing about it, and how, you know, they're into it. And, like, it's, like I said, it's different genres. It's like, you know, and then going back to Marvel, and, like, see, they with DC. <laughs> DC had, like, you know, that fandom can be really toxic as well. But, yeah, but, like, going back on that, it's like, yeah, it's like trying to, like you said, trying to appeal to the fans. And you're always not going to, like, satisfy them. But, like, you're always going to find, like, yeah, you'll satisfy some, but you'll find one or two people that, you know, the purists are going to be toxic to the people. It's like, same thing with the Star Wars. Like, I understand, like, their intentions was to, to, to have new generation of fans. But still, you still have the old generation. They're still clinging on to like the nostalgia factor, and you know that read the novels, that played the video games, that they want everything to be like what's supposed to be. Canon. It's like the the main word that's pushed around. And, like when we had Game of Thrones, I I remember when Game of Thrones was out, like I kept away from the spoilers. And even though I have the Blu-rays of the whole series, but I haven't got back and watched them because I don't know, maybe because I fell into a rabbit hole and got. You know, blown off by how people were seeing what the last season was. That kind of hurts me from not jumping back in. But I'm gonna try to push myself to jump back in to watch Game of Thrones. But you know, our buddy Mondo, like, <laughs> he was into it so much, and yeah, he was disappointed about the last season. But I know he's doing a good job not to spoil it for me. It spoiled for us, and really cool dude. Like, he won't say it because it shows like some people do have restraint. Like, it's like they don't want to spoil for us if people haven't seen it. Don't spoil it for them, you know? Don't ruin it for them. And, yeah. So, that's one thing I did see. And then, one thing I did see, um, 
jump into the next topic. It's like video game wise, um, Sony had their little um, presentation I think last Thursday, and they announced like the Latin next slew of games they're working with their studios. Um, they announced Spider Man Two for PS Five from Insomnia Games. Um, they're also working on Marvel Wolverine. It's getting a video game itself, and God of War Ragnarok. This game made for PS5. I suppose that's be the last one of Kratos in the Norse mythology. And then it just released like the first character models for like Thor will be in there. But it's going to be chubby Thor. <laughs> like thick Thor. Um, and they also announced that they're working with the studio. One of their in-house studios to come up with the remake of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Really? Yeah, they're doing a remake of it. And that's a game I remember it used to be on Xbox, man. That, yeah. And, you know, I think that's what kind of games for fans were wanting to play because I was like Bioware back in the day when they did LucasArts. Um, that was one of the first RPGs on there. And we're playing that game. The game was fun. And now they're actually going to do a remake of it. And, and of course, one of the fans are... One, of course, the one fans are our voice actors coming back for the characters and they announced that, yes, the actors that were in the original Knights of the Royal Republic are coming back for the remake. It's like the same thing with the Final Fantasy VII, how the remake and stuff. And I haven't got back and played for the PS4. I know, of course, I want to get the PS5 so I can get the the DLC for it. Because I know a Part Two, supposedly, was released soon, sometime in the future. But even then, like it, it was good. I mean, they got different actors because they got used to adventure and film actors. But remake so far was really good because you can go back and add more stuff. It stretched the story out that because due to the fact that due to the limitations of time when Final Fantasy came out, it was on a PS1, so you can fit so much content yeah. on it. It's kind of hard. At least with the PS with the remake, they were able to add more elements to the story. They didn't feel rushed. They took their time. And they can, you know, add more story elements. They stretched the plot more. And that's why they're doing it in parts. So, it's kind of hard to do that whole game. That game was like two or three discs on the PS1, I think it was. Shit. So it's like with the limitations of the hardware and the software and CDs going on with so much memory. At least with remake, they were able to take their time, flesh out the characters more. I think the 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 one the addition they added for the PS5 was called Integrate. Um, they added Luffy, uh, Yuffie, they had her origin story, so you get to see her for a little bit before she joins like Cloud and stuff. Because the first and original one, she was like an optional character. She wasn't part of the original crew, but you can add her optionally. But here they kind of like. In the remake, it looks like they add her into the, the universe, basically. And supposedly a character that, who knows, down the line, she'll run into Cloud and the crew. So like I said, I haven't finished the remake. I might have to go back and probably restart because I haven't played it in a while. So I probably lost track. So I might, it's one of those games I might go back. And same thing with anime. I'm like, I'm always going like going back and doing rewatches. Like, right now I was playing, the, I was saying earlier when I was starting the intro, I was talking about how I started playing the fairy tale video game. And to me, it was like, it kind of sucked because I... I, one of the fairy tale was like one of those things where I started with the anime and I found out it was a manga. Now I'm going back and reading the manga, and then now I might go back and do rewatch the anime. But I watched it, in, it's like the whole the Naruto community that kind of like sex with this the dub versus sub community where it comes to certain animes. Mm-hmm. With me, I'm like both. It depends if I like the dub, I'll watch a dub, but. To me, I'm more of like the sub person. Like I watch it more like in the original language, but depends what I'm doing. Like if I'm eating, yeah, I watch the dubs so that way I can pay attention to the act. Like people say, oh, I watch the dubs so I can pay attention to the action, versus watching a sub where 
I don't understand. I keep looking at the screen and try to because again you have to pay attention because if you don't understand Japanese, then you're not gonna like you're gonna miss certain things. Well, that yeah, and then like you know, if you don't understand the context of what's going on, it's hard to follow both. And if some people aren't good at speed reading and following along with moving pictures, it's hard to keep with both. And like sometimes, and then like maybe it's, it's and I think it's you're, it's better to watch things in its original language and if they do have subtitles great if not just I feel like you can kind of get what's going on from body language and stuff and if you kind of understand the original content from if you've read the manga or whatever then I think you're better off doing that it's just because you see it in its natural form before because these dubs get cut up so badly and we see it all the time with other shows too it's just it doesn't. It doesn't look good, and it's just you're not getting its purest form. You're getting it translated, and it could leave out the real context of what the characters are saying and what the original intent of what each scene is portrayed, and what the authors want you to see. You know, in their original vision, not like some chopped up mess that that. No, and what and what I like too is because the way the um, the Japanese actors since like. The emotion they put into the characters as well, because they're all kind of recording the. And the funny thing is, people don't realize when it comes to like, when it comes to like, in Japan as well, when it comes to anime, they dub, at they dub it as well. They dub after they animate it and everything, because it's kind of reverse. Like in, in Japan, like they animate the stuff first, like they do the animatics and the everything first, and they have the, the same thing. The Japanese actors have to watch a monitor, and they actually have to dub over the work as well. So they're doing the same thing, but the problem is, they're used to it because the characters are matched to their mob movements anyway. So it's, it comes natural to them, that way they could give like a more natural performance. And they're usually in the same room. So they are, like I said, I know I talked about before when it comes to Japanese voice acting versus American, you know, Western voice acting. Of course, here in the U.S., you know, it's kind of like, when they dub anime, it's like, each actor's in his own separate booth and they come in different sessions. And like going back in Japan, they don't do that. They're all in the same room. They all have microphones set up. They have to look at the monitor too because they're dubbing after the work's been animated as well. They're doing the same thing. But the problem is they have to match the characters' mob moves as well. And they have to get their emotion and like they get their feedback. That's why it's like a lot of people are saying, oh, because I was on Reddit and I was looking at the sub versus dub debate. It's like, yeah, some people's like, and I see some good points. Some people like to say, hey, you know, I watch sub, but, you know, just to get the full emotions from the Japanese voice actors. But, yeah, I'll go to dub because if I find out one of my favorite voice actors in the dub is doing this character, yeah, I'll watch the dub. Because especially if some characters, depending on the anime, if it takes place like in England or something, sometimes the dub actors will do a good job. That's the one thing I do have that dub has over sub is when it comes to characters... They're being portrayed from other countries. Like, if the characters, like, say, in the, if you're watching Japanese, like, sub of this character and this character's from England, if you're watching dub, they try to do an English accent. So, it's the one thing you do get a little bit different. So you do get the one thing that kind of has, a, like, dub has over a sub is accents because depending on the characters they portray in the anime. Because then you get that right variety. But don't get me wrong, there are some good dubs out there, like um, Cowboy Bebop, I could watch it dubbed. You know, Samurai Shampoo, same thing, watch it dubbed, you know, it works, either way. Um, there's some, like, Full Mile Alchemist, I could watch either one. I watch it both sub and dub. There's some, I could watch both. 
which I got used to the actor. Same thing with Fairy Tale. I watched the dub first. Now I'm gonna go back and watch the sub because I was playing the video game. I'm like, it. They kind of sound similar to their English counterparts because that's what they they try to do. the The dub actors they they try their best. They try to match like the tone of their Japanese counterparts. It's like My Hero Academia. I can watch a dub or sub because the both act, they do both they both do good jobs of trying to match the inflection. Of their Japanese counterparts. So they try to match it. And like I said. I think when it comes to translating. It's getting better. Like with the scripts and stuff. When they do the ADR scripts. And you know translating the scripts. Because what's kind of cool. But if you get the studio. They'll send the script. They'll get they'll send the, 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 the script. So now. The studios will send the script. Like here's the script for the episode. They can work on them to help translate it and stuff. Versus back then. They couldn't get the scripts. You know. They, they had to make it out on their own. They're, they're, I think one anime was infamous for that. And for that as well, I think it was called Ghost Stories or something. That was like, it was infamous for the fact they couldn't get most of the scripts and um, they just had to dub it on their own. They had an improv and stuff. And that dub became infamous for it. Um, but yeah, that's another committee too. Like the dub versus sub committee. Like to me, guys, my stance is enjoy both. If you're a fan of subs, watch a sub. You gotta use, if the dub is available, check it out. Whatever works for you. But to me, it's like whatever works for you. Um, if they have the dub available, watch a dub. If they have a sub, watch a sub. Give a little bump. That way you can see the context of what the work is being portrayed. And just see the different styles. Because then you can compare to both the styles. Because you can be a fan of both. Both, uh, both like, actors. You can be, and like I said, it's like... I mean, the same thing. Like, I've seen animes getting translated in different languages. Like German or Spanish. It's like, they probably have to do the same thing too. They had to try to match... You know, the characters' inflections and, and speech and stuff. But it's like they're doing their best as well because, you know, it gets just translated to so many languages around the world. Like, it's like, same thing, like, if you ever watch, like, an American movie being watching on, on a Spanish channel, imagine how they had to match the mouth movements as well when they're dubbing, like, a, a work as well. You can tell the effort and stuff they put into it as well. But yeah, and I talk about like Netflix and stuff, how they're trying their best to try to be a competitor when it comes to anime. And apparently, I found this article that supposedly, um, I guess anime, I guess Netflix in Japan, they have all, Netflix has an office in Tokyo, and apparently they, um, they have a new office in, in Tokyo, like Netflix, and they, I guess um, according to this article, I found it says entertainment. It's from Anime News Network. It says, "Entertainment Magazine Variety report on Thursday that Netflix has launched an anime creators base at its company's new Tokyo office." That says designers Nanako Ishidate, Sainak Sise are staffing the designers' garage area of the new base, meant to help creators develop conceptual art. Netflix posted a video tour of the base featuring the company's. I guess the company has their own VTuber named Enko. Since so the base has three areas, designers are with designers and artists, the writers are developing editing, scripts, and the lab search, testing out new technologies such as VR and motion capture. So like I said, Netflix um, is trying its best. That's here. According to this, they're putting more, like Netflix is putting more and more investments into anime. And it says here, according to this, it says anime was ranking the top 10 most watched types of programs worldwide at Netflix in 2020. And it says your anime viewership was up over 100% in the U.S. in 2020. And supposedly, it says that Netflix has stayed to release nearly 40 anime titles this year, which is roughly double the output of 2020. 
it just shows how much like how much anime is you know going up in Japan and then, like I said with Netflix being one of the outlets it kind of opens up you know Netflix getting more revenue from other media so that's why I say that's the only thing I watch on Netflix is just out of anime <laughs> be honest with you I haven't watched any other shows on Netflix since since we have Peacock and all these other streaming services but I think like not many other countries have other streaming services and Netflix is like the go to So that's one thing I, I, I know we just got on a tangent like freaking talking about anime and stuff but like I said I've been trying to keep up and stuff and go through as well um that's one thing I wanted to bring up here I just saw something oh yeah I know our fandom is probably like well, it'd be like sports fandoms in our like toxic environment or like people that are getting into boxing and stuff too it's like I saw right now apparently uh with the whole idea of all these like Either retired boxers or fighters stepping back into the ring again, just to uh, get to relive like the former glory. Apparently, um, Vander Holyfield decided to make a comeback. I guess he uh, he fought uh, Victor Belfort, and it says here he lost. Uh-huh. And it says here, I guess they had an event called the uh, Thr- uh, Thriller Fight Club. Yeah, a match between Anderson Silva and Tito Ortiz. Jesus Christ, he fought them both? No, it's like two. I guess they had two fights. Yeah. Uh, it says, um, the match between Anderson Silva and Tito Ortiz, but those were hoping for a long opening fight. They ended up in the beginning as Ortiz fell to Silva in the first round. As Ortiz fell to Silva in the first round after a Rich's right by Silva. And then to the pay wave code, this is from comicbook.com. Uh, the article is written by eh, Matthew Aguilar. Okay. Um, and it says here, yeah, they had two matches. The first one, like I said, it was Anderson Silver to Ortiz, and that was gonna be a long fight. But it looks like it, he got Ortiz got knocked out in the first round by Silva. Then the other fight was Evander Holyfield versus Victor Belfort. It says here Holyfield had his moments. Uh, pretty much Belfort was firmly controlled most of the match. When she flew up, was enough to take down Holyfield in the first round by TKO. So both. First round finishes. So now I feel bad for the people that pay money for the review. And look at the comments. And I just found out the comments. Uh, so Van Hoyer, I guess, is in the 60s. And this is what the comments were saying. One comment on Twitter said, If Van Hoyer shows what a 60, 60 year old in the boxing looks like, everybody going to hell. Another comment said, Fifty-eight-year-old uh, Vander Holyfield floored and stopped inside the first round. Victor Belfort, um, not not pleasant to watch. And it says that Belfort stopped Holyfield from the first. That was not great to watch. Holyfield they look awful. At one point, he slipped on the left hook and fell through the ropes. Yeah, I think to me this was more like a pretty much like a cash-heavy event. But I don't know, dude. What do you think of that? What's your thoughts on that? Like, all these boxers trying to get back in the ring and stuff. Like, they've been trying for years. Uh, I think it's dumb because they're just going to hurt themselves and then not get money that's probably not worth it in the long run. But, I mean, they're just fixed matches. So, for for entertainment purposes, it's nice to see these old guys, I guess, fighting again. But they're not really fighting because it's, it's fixed. It's like, it's, 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 like, it's, it's like wrestling. So, they're putting on a performance, but it's not... 
I don't think it's to to the extent of actually hurting each other because the Tyson and Roy Jones fight was pretty much uh, just an exhibition show and they both got paid very well to do it. Um, I think it was cool that people got to saw, see them train up to it, but like Tyson was the only one that really trained for it. Jones just came out and put on a show. It was just like, we're gonna see more of these come out. I wouldn't mind seeing a Tyson and Holyfield fight again, but it's not for the same reasons that we would watch it back then. It's just to kind of get the whole like what if scenarios out. Um, but I don't know. I like to see them get paid, but it's also kind of embarrassing because it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, because it doesn't, they don't need the money. Like, Tyson doesn't need the money, but we see him do it anyways. Because there's like, well, if you're not doing it for the money, what are you doing it for? Because it's not for the sport, because it's already fixed. So, like, what are you doing it? Or, um, but that's something that they can answer, not necessarily people who just observe from it. Um, I'm not surprised this is extending to the MMA realm, especially because those guys can't, a lot of those guys can't compete on the big stage anymore. And since Dana White controls all, on like, controls everybody who fights and who he wants to see fight as well as the fans, like, they're not going to be on that main pay-per-view stage anymore so I'm not surprised that they're gonna find other avenues to earn a paycheck and to fight in, a, in front of a crowd because those guys I think there's a little part of them that helps or in they, there's a little part of them that enjoys fucking entertainment and entertaining a crowd and fighting is a part of that and if they feel like they should go and still fight against other guys who haven't fought in MMA in forever, so be it. But, like, I think that's more dangerous because that shit's... Uh, you can't really fix MMA. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's just way more fact, A lot more factors that go at play compared to boxing. Um, it's just... Uh, it's just, It'd be more embarrassing if we saw them more into their 60s coming out and still fighting, you know? I think there's a cutoff for that. Like, mm. like 50 I guess it's not bad but like 65 and up you're like that's a, like what are you doing grandpa like what are you doing like nobody wants to see that anymore like you're not you, you don't have to prove anything anymore I don't know what you're doing but like at that point it's like there's something wrong like there's got to be something wrong if they're coming out doing shit like that and well into their 60s mm -hmm. you know it's not there's different crafts that you unfortunately when it comes to athletics and stuff you have you have an expiration date um, it's like Michael Jordan comes back trying again for the NBA. Like, what are you doing? Like, we you're the best. We don't need to see that anymore. We know you're the best. Yeah. We don't need you. Don't need to prove it anymore. But it's like if the Hornets were doing that bad, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm suiting up." Like, what? <laughs> this isn't Space Jam Three, dude. <laughs> Space Jam Three. <laughs> we have this fucking juice, the secret juice. Like, it's not gonna work, dude. Um. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's just sad to see. I mean, it's not something I want. Like, I'm not going to throw my money at it. Like, it's, it, I'll bootleg it. Like, the, the Tyson and Roy Jones fight, somebody posted the video up to the subreddit on MMA right away. So, like, you can, you can see these fights if that's what you want. Mm -hmm. If you're patient enough, um, you can wait an hour after. But, like, as far as, 
spending your hard-earned dollar on on these people who probably are that don't need it and I just don't think you should do that but if you feel like it's what's gonna help you sleep that on a Saturday night then fuck I guess go ahead I just I don't know I think you can earn more money trying to box I was reading yesterday this uh I was reading this one story this guy posted on ask reddit mm. that like he I think he's in like a senior in high school yeah he posted that like he was been getting good at boxing and he likes to, like he's good at fights and stuff and this one girl challenged him to fight and she's trying to be like, she's trying to move up the ranks and trying to be a professional boxer like that's her goal and so she challenged him to fight and he's like all right and but like he was like nah i don't want to do that and everyone was like i'm like come on fight her and why are you gonna be like that and it's like all right i'll fight her so there's like um he said in his town there's like an actual place that they rent out for fights and so amateur fights and stuff they put on every weekend or so oh okay. so like this isn't and people go up yeah so these aren't random people like he's he's seen her at his gym like they train together all that stuff and then she's like it's all well and all like she wants to be a boxer so they're both in high school though okay and so they fight right everyone was egging them on to get into a, a, a you know a sparring match I'm like all right and so the first round they get first round he knocks her out straight up just knocks her out and then everybody was getting him shit for it. Like, damn, dude, why do you have to go so hard? And he's like, what? Like, what the hell, man? He's like, oh, it's like, it's it's like, dude, come on. It's like, why do you have to go so hard? And you knew you were going to beat her and shit. Like, wait, you guys are egging me on to fight and stuff. And so, like, when he went to school, people was giving him, were giving him shit and all that stuff. And he's like, what the hell? Like, I didn't, it's like, it's not my, like, what should I do? Like, should I fucking, like, go and leave town and move somewhere else? Because I mean, now I feel bad because it's like, I didn't, it's not my fault she wanted to fight. And it's like, now I feel bad. It's like, what do you want me to do? They were egging me on to, to get in a match with her. I beat her. And then she ta- he talks to her. Because he's like... To see oh, so they keep like the communication Yeah, and he talks to her to see if she can kind of get people off their back, his back. And she's like, he talks to her. And he's she's like, was more respectable about everything. And she's like, no, I didn't want you to go hard on me. Or easy on me. I would be more upset if you did. Because he's like in sports, it's like nobody. Yeah, because like anybody, you want to get the respect. It's yeah, like it's, it's like you. trying to get the respect. It's like that's what it is. It's like a respect it's factor. It's competition. It's competition. Yeah. It's the it's yeah it's the principal competition. Like don't go easy on anybody. You bring your A game every time, even especially in sports and like. Yeah, because I think I saw an article about like a transgender uh, person that like sh- like the transgender person like competing the women's like MMA. Right. But like the match, and then they're gonna go different. crazy on that. But it's like, come on, it's like this. Yeah, this is way different. She, she agreed to the match. I think they got they both got paid to do to do it too. Uh, yeah, people were placing their own bets outside of it, but like the whole thing, she, she went around. What she felt was that people were treating her like she was a kid and stuff. That she she shouldn't have been in that fight and all that oh, stuff. Oh, like, okay. Whoa, like yeah, so like okay. it was more disrespectful. That they were making her seem below him, that why she if like he should go easy, and he's like no, she was the one who wanted the fight too, so she felt better that he came up to her and like was saying that was a good fight, like you put up a good fight, whatever it was very respectful, and like like you can tell these people lay off me that you you didn't want him to go easy, you know, trying to like give me some credit on like and she tried, but like people weren't laying off, so I think he ended up like <laughs> on the top to move with his grandma instead. Oh wow! Yeah. And that's that's how toxic it could get, yeah. He he was eight and zero in the in the town that he was in in boxing that they set up the the matches every weekend. So he was eight and zero in his own city. I was like, damn, dude, you should be the one trying to go for boxing. Um, but it's 
it's stuff like that like you can't please a crowd no matter what you do and it was in real time essentially he was doing what the people were influencing him to do and so he goes in the fight he does what he does best and then he knocks it whatever and then people are what the hell so it's like you can't you can't win them all so it's like it's the same thing with these fandoms like you can you can make a whole new season and they keep us waiting for a whole new season it could be good it could be bad but you take it for what it is at the end of the day right just be like oh we got a whole new season of this or that no you can't because there'll be people complain about every single episode that releases every week whether it's good or not poking holes at it it's just like fuck we can't even enjoy things um anymore uh that that, that might challenge a new idea or whatnot right except the things that come out of fox um after nine i after uh hell's kitchen there's this strange animation show about animals and stuff. It's fucking weird. But it's it's going to get a new season. About dogs. Alright, let's take a quick ad break real quick and we'll come back. We'll talk more about <laughs> toxic fandom. So, right back. Hey, everybody. This episode of Talking Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. Tell me like that show with animals, man, on Fox. I don't know, but dude, Fox, like, honestly... Honestly, with Fox, it's, like, pretty much... When animation-wise... Yeah, I still follow The Simpsons. Uh, I still watch that. And Bob's Burgers. I can't wait for the film. Supposedly, now they just announced, like, Bob's Burgers is the movie. It's, like, for next year release. So I can't wait for that, the Bob's Burgers movies. And Bob's Burgers is a great show. (laughs) But a show about animals, you said? Like, they're trying, like, they're... Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but they're not... It's not good. It's supposed to be, it's like Fox primetime animation, but it's not good. Hmm. It's like, that's probably like comedians because of reality TV. I bet you just like a lot of toxic comedians when it comes to like reality-based shows, right? I could imagine there's like, you know, people that watch like The Voice or American Idol or like the cooking shows as well. Like Hell's Kitchen or something. I bet you just like a lot of like, like comedians as well that could be as toxic to each other. That's then, like you said, with like the whole boxing thing, it's like that's that's messed up though. But it's like, it's like just trying to respect. It's like I said, like said they were like sports. Like it, there's a lot of fan, there's a lot of toxicity in sports as well. We're like all professional sports when it comes to like certain like fan committees and stuff as well. When the team's doing good, the team's doing bad, or they go after one a certain player, or or even like players of an of a, a national like football team, you know. Look how I went to England and Italy. They went after the players. Because these young kids, like, you know, 
they get put in a tough situation. Yeah, it's penalties, but it's a nerve-wracking situation. Penalties are like a 50-50 shot. You know, odds are trying to get it into the goal or getting blocked, it's like a 50-50. It's split. And then, you know, these kids get all this pressure. You got the whole nation watching you. You got all this pressure on you. Yeah, you're going to choke, but it happens. Then all of a sudden, you get, like, the community going after them. And it's the same fans. They're, like, cheering you. And all of a sudden, like, oh, you messed up. And then all of a sudden, they go after you. Like, go after, like, your race. And it's like, come on, man. You got to be above that. And then I saw, like, yesterday I was watching the Manchester United game. That was kind of cool. Like, before the game started, they all took a knee. Even the refs took a knee, too. It was like, kind of cool. So they're still doing that, which is which is awesome. And they look at that being, like, disrespectful. Taking a knee. I'm like, you got to say why they're... You got to look at the context of why they're taking that knee. Why they're doing that. But, like, yeah, like you said, when it comes to TV shows as well, it's just waiting for the next season. Same thing with the wrestling community as well. Like, I watch professional wrestling. I'm like, I used to watch WWE, but I'm like, I'm slow, slowly, slowly leaning towards AEW. Um, because it's like, to me, it's like, it's kind of like, AEW reminds me of wrestling back when I used to watch wrestling. When it was professional wrestling versus sports entertainment. Air quotes, sports entertainment. Because that's what WWE's trying to be. They're trying to be sports entertainment, while AEW's trying to be like, oh, we're professional wrestling. We have records, you know, we got wins and losses. We bring, we work at other promotions. We open what they call the forbidden door. And we have storylines that stretch out longer than changing every so often. You make it more natural fluid. Yeah, you get like people that used to be in WWE coming over, but it's like these guys that are coming over that used to be in WWE were people that worked in the bingo halls. They work in these small VWF halls. They had to travel from town to town with very little money and only get like $100 to do a match and to put their bodies on the line. And it's like, and then you get, and then you get dirt sheets, you know, that's why I keep up. It's like, you, you get toxic community between them. I mean, I saw CM Punk versus his first match in seven years. You know, my expectations were that, you know, it's great to see him. He looks in good shape, but it's like, he could tell, even he said, like, like he's going to be a little rusted because yeah, it's been seven years, you know, since he last wrestled and, he put up a good effort. He came out on top. Yeah, he, he beat Darby Allen, But, you know, to me, it's my excitement that, hey, he went out there and showed that he can still wrestle. He can still go with the young guys. And, you know, then you see some other good matches, like, like with All Out. And I saw, like, the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Oh, my God, that was like a spectacular display out there, you know. It's guys, like, teams that, you know, they compete against each other, like, in Mexico... And, you know, in Japan, you know, like I said, they've been everywhere, basically. In England, you know, it's like they're able to create these spots and, you know, create these matches to make these matches tell, like, a story. And that's what wrestling is. It's like to tell a story, basically. And, you know, they have, like, these uh, legends coming from Japan Pro Wrestling coming in as well to help out. It's like, holy shit. You know, like, open and floor. See these matches that you thought you were never going to see. These fans matches, but, of course, you know, here it's like, you know, they get to push their creative creativity comes versus WWE, where it's like Vince McMahon still has final say and everything. Or he'll write, he'll tear up the script and say, hey, we got to do the show over again, or we got to get rid of a match or something. At least with the AEW, they have, what well, they do a good job is they'll record these shows, but they get people like, you know, if they can't be on Wednesday, hey, you could be on YouTube on Monday, you could be on YouTube on Tuesday, you know? You'd be shown, you know, you'll still be shown on YouTube, you'd be showing a bigger audience. 
and you get the notoriety because all oh, these they work on other promotions and they let the and they they like they let the wrestlers if they got promo, like dates with other promotions they go do their other shit and they don't get flack for it. So that's the community that's like split when it comes to toxicity is like the pro wrestling community. So I just want to get it out there. So I don't know. Hey, Pico, anything else you wanted to add? Um, no, I just don't be part of a toxic fandom. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, don't be th- part of a toxic fandom. No, I'm just just some excited for the NBA season to come up. So if anybody's excited for that, I know the NFL started this past week. Um, but I'm excited for NBA. Uh, they're going to start preseason coming up. I believe. The next week, mm-hmm. um, they've already started training camps. For, so a lot of the final rosters are are up and running now. Um, as far as all the teams reporting back, so I'm excited for Bulls basketball. I'm already getting tickets for the game. So, but yeah, anybody, any basketball fans, keep an eye out for that because it's going to be a good season. A lot of players moved around. A lot of money was spent. Um, and it's gonna be another. Uh, it's gonna be a full season now, so it's gonna be different from. The yeah, great for hockey too. Like hockey's coming on October, yeah. paying for that too. Finally get, finally get full seasons at least. Well, some players might be not might not be as rested as others compared to the Olympic stuff and then the yeah, playoffs going so long. But um, it's still gonna be interesting to see more young bucks coming up in the league and just exciting to see Chicago be competitive again. Um, whether it's in baseball, basketball, football. Yeah, you think about, like, the, the biggest, like, community, like, I would say, like, comes to sports is Chicago sports fans are, like, the biggest, like... It's good when we're winning. Like, yeah. It, it's a good it's a good energy when we're winning, and especially when it's, like, a lot of these sports end at around the same times in, this, in the season. So, like, especially baseball, right, then, like, around... October. October kind of goes pretty fast. And then baseball, or basketball and hockey start up again, so it's, like... I think it's a special time in the winter, so, like, there's always a bar full of people watching something, and I think it's, like, even if it's fucking cold over here, and sports are a big part of what keeps people warm, um, especially if we're doing good, uh, and I think that does that for, what, football, too, lasts through the winter, and there's another week of football, I think. Yeah, they had an extra week, yeah. so now we're gonna get, like, another week now. Yeah, it's easy, so you guys, football fans should be happy for that. You know, you get another week of people hitting each other. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm excited for sports. Come on. Any shows that you're watching right now? No, we've just been watching a lot of, uh, a lot of game streams. Just a lot of phasmophobia. And, like, scary, scary, like, click games and horror stuff. Like yeah, I've been on it too. I follow this one, um, like, YouTuber, um, oh, guys, in the same CJU games. He does, like... <laughs> I can tell he's from, like, Europe as well. He has a little accent, but he's kind of cool. I was watching this one. I definitely do recommend you check it out. Um, it was called Tormented Souls. He was playing that game. It's, like, an indie game that's, like, a combination of, like, Silent Hill and uh, Resident Evil because of the camera angles. Like, certain fixed camera angles, like Resident Evil. It's, like, a survival horror, but it's, like, an homage to Silent Hill and um, and uh, Resident Evil. It's like, and it takes place in this big-ass mansion all these rooms, but it has, like, the whole fixed camera angles, like, how Resident Evil was back in the day. Yeah, I've been, like, watching, like, YouTubers as well. Um, same thing with Phasmophobia, because there's new updates and stuff. And right now, I was watching, um, Bruce Green. I guess they got this one Phasmo clone called, um, Forewarn, which I guess you play as archaeologists, if, you know, investigating, like, Egyptian to- tombs. Yeah. And you get attacked by mummies, but the difference is your pals can either... 
come back to help you or they can come back as a mummy and they can kill you or something. Yeah, I, I've yeah, we've seen that one, or at least the prototype one, the new one. It's okay. I think it's a little different because you got to find the, the weird clues. Um, yeah, find like evidence and stuff. But yeah, yeah I like these games popping up though. Um, yeah, I follow John Wolf as well when it comes to horror games. I kind of like watching him play like, these horror-based games. It's like I'm, I have when it comes to horror, dude. I'm like not scared easily, so it's like you know, I don't know because I I'm, I don't know. I, it's like for horror films, like I pretty much guy like the only thing that probably freaks me out is pretty much horror films back in the day when it was all practical and stuff. Nowadays it's all like CG and stuff. They just look for more just to make mess with your mind more. Mm-hmm. More of like a psychological standpoint when it comes to horror now versus, you know, trying to gross you out. Of course, found footage became a so like overused genre. And it's time for like with, with paranormal activity and all that stuff. But yeah, same thing with game streaming. Yeah, I do watch like I seen myself like that's why with me, I'm like catching up on anime, but I'm like leaning towards more watching like like YouTubers doing game streams and stuff. Just watching that more as well. And like I said, those are the YouTubers I kind of, you know, lean towards. And, like, yeah, it's cool watching, like, Phasmophobia. I wish that game was, like, on a console, but it would be nice to do that on a console and stuff. But it's got to go, like, most of the games are integrating, like, VR and stuff. But it's just more freaky when you're doing a VR. Because mm-hmm. you probably get a more better experience when it comes to VR. But, yeah. So, that's it. Um, So, yeah. So, that will do it for this week. Um, Thank you so much for joining us, guys. You can check out our backlog of episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple iHeartRadio, Pandora, Audible, or any other podcast outlets. Like I said, thank you so much to our international listeners as well. Um, I think we got new fans coming in from other countries. Do appreciate you guys taking a chance to listen to us. Um, We'll see you guys next week. But before we go, if you guys, like I said, if you guys have any ideas or any questions for us or any topics that you Feel that you gotta hear our opinions on when it comes to pop culture. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Pop Talking and just follow us on there. Send us a message, and we'll see. If we make it to the show. Um, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care.